It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 14th day of April, 2016. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and today we have... Ashnod with us, Alex Graham, and uh, we hope you're going to enjoy the show. Uh, it's certainly going to be a interesting one, and and uh, if if any of you have any questions or comments, feel free to call in. Our call-in number is three four seven two three seven. Four eight one nine. That call in number once again is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. So if you have a question or comment, uh, feel free to call in. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, Gerald. I, of course, you got you got to know I'd feel fine after the the visit I had from the guy coming out here on Tuesday morning. That was a that was a real eye opener. Hey, all these years, it's what part of no don't you understand? And all of a sudden, the guy shows up and he's got both hands up in the air. Don't shoot. We give in. You get your greenhouse. We're sorry we held you up for five years, but. You understand, we didn't really believe you needed one. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, it is, but it's 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 surrealistic, Gerald. Because yeah, I know. They could have had this literally. They could have had this for about three hundred and forty-seven dollars instead of what happened. I when the guy come out here, I says, you know. This little teeny weeny greenhouse just ain't getting it. And every once in a while, when I come out here with my walker, I have to like turn around when I get to the door and get it open, walk in backwards with the walker, close the door, and and back up all the way to where I have my little bench where I do my potting of the pot the plants into little plot four four inch by four inch pots, and and turn around and sit down on my walker seat. But you know, I, I told the guy. I said that I, I could uh, I could sell this because it belongs to my mother-in-law. I could sell this thing probably for about five hundred bucks. I bet you we could get another one that's kind of more like about ten foot wide, where you turn around inside there, maybe sixteen feet long. I said I bet you I could get one of them things for a song and a dance used around here. And this old boy says you're never gonna get a greenhouse, Graham. <laughs> You're dreaming. You're, it's just never going to happen. I'm, t- I'm telling you ahead of time, it's not going to happen. So let's, why don't you just take this greenhouse thing completely out of your independent living program and forget about it. it it's it's way out of your league. It's We'd never approve it. You know that. They never approve it in Washington, D.C. on an administrative appeal. So instead of embarrassing yourself further, why don't you just give up? I looked at the guy and said, Dude, how do you think I got three combat V's? I didn't get there by giving up. <laughs> he goes, what's a combat V? <laughs> oh, my. 
like, this guy isn't a veteran, so it, it figures. Uh, John, uh, you want to explain this ILP uh, special thing here to the people? Yeah, uh, I'll get Alex to take over here when I get situated. VA has a little program called the Independent Living Program. So if you're a veteran and you qualify for, uh, uh, they call it vocational rehab, you go see your vocational rehab counselor and they look at your situation and see what you need. Vocational rehab is supposed to be uh, some type of training to get you back in the workforce. However, some of this old, dilapidated, disregarded, and decrepitated veterans like we are, well, there's no way for us to go back in the workforce, you know. We don't want to go sell cars or hunt bricks or, you know, drive trucks. You know, we're kind of retired, disabled. So they're, they come up with this independent living program as part of that uh, uh, vocational rehab where they assess you and see, what, you know, what makes you comfortable and maybe some things you like to do, hobbies or whatever, and they try to help you with that stuff. So, you know, they try to do little things, but, you know, their hands are tied at the local level. Like Alex said, you know, you ask for certain things, and they look at you and say, sorry about your luck, Chuck, go drive a truck, you know, things like that. And uh, come, then all of a sudden, here comes a guy with the savvy of Mr. Graham. He opens up a 12-pack on him and takes it all the way to D.C. and slams their door shut. And uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell, you know, so... Basically, don't give up on it, and uh, we'll let Alex tell his story about it, because this greenhouse has been floating now for the past year, at least I know of around the site, and we want to make sure everybody understands exactly what the guy did, because this would be a benefit for you to take no for an answer. Isn't that right, Alex? Absolutely. Learn them regulations and get some good help. That, that's all I did when I, I first applied for this. All I knew was that a guy in Georgia had applied for a greenhouse, and he got it. And then somebody else had applied for a woodworking shop, and he got it. And then somebody else wanted a riding tractor, and another guy wanted a snowblower. And then some of the requests started getting kind of out of hand. Like one guy wanted an antique car for parades, so he wanted to be in veterans' parades with his antique car. <laughs> and well, then he got turned down. That was a good one, though. Then there's guys that uh, wanted a a metal detector to go down on the beach, and they'd get them and and things like that. And that's good. If you have PTSD, this program was for you because it it was initiated in 1980 by Congress, and it's, it's under 38 U.S.C. 3120. It's just the most severely, most severely disabled veterans qualify for this. And by that, there isn't any metric where they actually measure you. It's just, I mean, if you're 100% disabled, you know as well as I do, it takes quite a bit to get there with the VA. They'd rather nick you down to about 70 or 60 and never let you get to 100. But I'd say if you're 100 or even if you had 100 plus SMCS, you're shooed in to get this thing. It's do you want to fight for it? Just like do you want to fight for 10% for tinnitus if you're at zero? Hey, you're the boss. If you feel like you earned it or you deserve it and you don't mind fighting for it, it it's just like a claim. You know, there's a flurry of activity for two or three weeks, and then you don't hear from them again for 
two years, and then all of a sudden there's another flurry of a notice of disagreement and get that done. You don't hear from them for three years, and then there's a DRO hearing, and then maybe you go to D.C. Maybe the whole thing took like it did with me from May 2011 until basically I like to think about yesterday, or Tuesday rather, was the day that the guy actually showed up with his knee pads on, knelt down, touched his forehead to the ground and rubbed his head in the dirt and said, we're wrong, you're right. That's how long it took. But it's immaterial how long it takes. If you want something bad enough with the VA, I'm telling you, you'll get it. You'll piss them off for about five or ten years, and finally they'll just pay you to get rid of you. It's just like a guy that slips in Safeway. You got him on film. You know he, 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 he did it on purpose, but you give him 5000 bucks to get him out of the door. Get him out of the room. Here's your five thousand. Would you that you can take your neck brace off now, dude? <laughs> that's that's how it is with the VA, and and I noticed that with my claim on uh, when I was fighting them over the last twenty years, I noticed that they just drag things out forever, and they don't want to see you, they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to have anything to do with you. And then the minute you win, they just want to get you paid and get you out the door. And when yeah. that guy showed up here on Tuesday, his attitude was, okay, what do, you, what do you want? Yep, you can have it. Yep, what do you want? Yep, how big? Yep, sounds good. We'll take three. Yep, we'll build it for you. Right. Hydroponics, raised tables, got it. Computer, yep, got it. Fans, propane. Now you, the guy goes, so we'll, we'll run your ILP program for uh, 60 days. I said, well, wait a minute. ILP programs run for like uh, two years. And the guy goes, well, yeah, but you've already demonstrated that you know how to garden. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm very, very ill, and there might be periods of time where you have to take me out of the program temporarily if I'm real ill during the winter. So I think we ought to run this for two years just like we normally do. And you guys are buying the propane and the electricity, so, um, you know, it's okay. And he swallowed real hard, and he knows he's got to pay for the power and and the, and the heat because the, the veterans law judge wrote in there a heated greenhouse. And Bob Walsh says <laughs> means they provide the heat. <laughs> I tell you, two years of propane at two dollars and thirty cents a gallon—that's a passel of propane, partner. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, I, I figured that just tentatively is about another five, six, seven thousand dollars over two years. You get down to dead in winter, trying to heat up a greenhouse to grow tomatoes in it, it, it and it's twenty-five degrees outside and no insulation on your greenhouse. You that burns oh. up at a pretty good clip. You're going to burn a lot of butane. Yeah. <laughs> well. Like I said, Gerald, these guys could have got away with this for a, I swear, I think a, a real nice greenhouse would have solved all my problems. Could have been $10,000, put a little heat and a, and a water faucet and a tub in there, maybe a little uh, sink, kitchen sink kind of thing, single compartment sink. They could have got away with that and made me happy as a clam at high tide. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't even talk to me about it. They wanted to fight me over it for five years. They lost my notice of disagreement. They lost my VA-9. 
and they signed for it. You can see their signature right on the green card, and then they deny I ever did it, closed the claim out from underneath me because I didn't appeal it. I mean, these guys were vicious all the way to the end, and uh, the judge could see that crystal clear. And it can, it, it's it's elementary in this in this in this business with ILP. It's elementary that yeah, you have a disability and everything else, but it, it's kind of you're never going to work again. So you got to have something to occupy your time so you don't go bug buggy in the brain. And these PTSD guys that are homebound, housebound, kind of like me, they don't have a whole bunch of friends and neighbors around them. They kind of like to stay off by themselves and talk to their dogs a lot. If you have a, let's say, a greenhouse, it gives you something to do to get out of the house and go do something, and you can give those plants to other people for free, and it, it creates that community thing where you join the community again. That's what I did. I never ever socialized with anybody in this community for the last 20, 15 years. And when I started doing this greenhouse thing, after I got disabled, I got to know the people at the local nursery and started giving them starts and met a whole bunch of other people and just give them free food at the food bank. So it, 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 it broadens your horizons and it gets you out with the community and meet people and, and, and increases your self-worth. For a person with PTSD, that's what you want to do. You want to get them out there, get them out on the street, make them socialize. That's where when the metal detectors down on the beach, you're going to run into a lot of people down there on the beach. People talk to you, and you talk to them. I think that's a perfect social tool. It's better than Facebook. Um, if you want, if you got PTSD, do they great. have like a, a farmers market uh, out there? Oh, yeah, we got tons of farmer's markets around here. If I wanted to, I suppose I could probably pull up into one of those things and sell a million tomato starts in an afternoon. Yeah, I know uh, uh, there's several around here, and those people are good. I like going to them myself. Well, uh, generally speaking, when you buy this, buy plants that they got starts from, they're all heirloom seeds. They're not yeah. veg. Oh, crap. Yeah. That's all I've got is all I don't have anything but heirloom uh, tomatoes and and uh, carrots and things like that. I don't have any of that GMO crap from, from what do you call it Monsanto seeds. <laughs> I don't buy from their seed company. I buy from that one's called Northwest Seed or something like that. Territorial Seed Company. They they guarantee all their seeds. But getting back to this ILP thing. One thing I, I've tried to, I've wished to make sure everybody understands is that just like that intensity that you require to fight VA to get your ratings and to get them right and get what you are, have earned or deserve, you're going to have the same fight with the ILP. And about halfway or three-quarters of the way through this thing, I, I started reading all those regulations 38 U.S.C. 3120, and it'll tell you to go look at 38 U.S.C. 3104 and 3106. 
and you keep following those all those little links around all those different ones, and pretty soon you've read everything there is to know about independent living program. And one of the things the VA doesn't tell you or insists upon is that you have to. It, it can only count service-connected injuries towards an uh, ILP program, and yet right in their own regulations of 21.160, says very clearly it says service-connected uh, service and non-service-connected injuries are what we look at as the whole body person when we decide whether a person is entitled to it. Just because you've got a, a bad back that isn't service-connected, it still impacts your life and your quality of living and your independence. So. You know, we have to consider that, too. But one thing everybody we have on had it, they come to our place, and the first thing they say to us or to you or any of you guys is, what am I doing wrong? And you say, well, you idiot, you need a nexus letter. You need one of them IMO things. Well, to tell you the honest-to-God truth, you need the same exact thing in an ILP. Now, if you're old, like Buck and me and Gaston, all of us old Furry boogers left over from the Vietnam War. They're all busted, stove up, screwed up. And you're even past that. You're on the other side of us. You're, if you, once you get an eligibility over 20%, you're entitled to ILP. It, it's ILP just, it just says the most severely disabled. So it helps if you're really, really bad. But, you know, any case can be made using service-connected and non-service-connected. An easy case can be made for ILP for somebody that's 80 years old. He might need a, uh, an example. This is a guy uh, up here north of me in Seattle. His, his daughter, Susan, contacted me and said, I need to get something for my dad. He loves to swim, and he's, you know, on the downside of 88, 89, whatever, from Korean War, combat vet. But he needs to get in and out of the pool, and that's the only thing he can't do from his wheelchair. So I told her to go up there and apply uh, for ILP, and dang it, she didn't persist and persist for over a couple of years and got the sling for her dad, the electronic sling that pulls him, picks him up out of his wheelchair and then uh, deposits him in the pool, swing it sideways and lower him down into the pool so he can exercise. And so, I mean, you can get it at any age, and, and I don't know, think he was, I think he was 70% service-connected. So that it was a, a TDIU. So it's an example of, of you don't have to have 150 or 290 like me to get into ILP. You just have to demonstrate the need. And the only way you and me and the rest of the world can demonstrate that need and win these claims for ILP <clears throat> is to get that nexus or an IMO. But it isn't one of those typical nexus letters that says it's more likely than less likely that Alex would benefit from a greenhouse. It's, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. you got to put it in psychiatric gobbledygook speak. Like uh, It would self-actuate his activity levels and, and his, he, would def he would define himself more firmly uh, Alex, we have a caller in here, I think. A uh, caller, you in there? Uh, that 901 number for area code? I'm listening. 
Oh, okay, just listen. That's okay. Welcome aboard. <laughs> okay. Well, tune in anytime. Okay. You, uh, do you want to hear a special song or something? Alec, Alex can. He's a good singer. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, no. Not today. I won't complain. That's the one I want to hear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so the bottom line, the, the, when you get into this Nexus letter, you, I did, and I said, hey, okay, here's the name of the game. I want to get a greenhouse, and I need to have somebody say that I need a greenhouse and give good logical reasons for why I should have a greenhouse, but the person has to be a vocational therapist, occupational therapist. He's got to have a bunch of them little initials after his name. It says MCB, VRC, RBW, BLT, you know, a bunch of those things. Board certified. And I don't know what all the initials mean. I know what MD and PhD and that kind of stuff means, but when you get into the occupational therapy, there's more. It's a pretty wide open field there. I got specialists in rubber band technology for all I know. But make a long story short, is you go you go to one of these gals with the right batch of initials after her name, and you lay it all out for her, and you bring a whole bunch of produce in there with you if you've got a good garden. Like I brought her about a five pound bucket of, uh, of uh, strawberries, and then when the raspberries came in, I gave her that. And I did this during the summer, during the opening of the garden, so she always had plenty of carrots and beets and stuff. And I don't think that I was bribing her. I was showing her that I knew how to grow. And she looked at all my medical records, and for $137.50, she uh, wrote up this real nice letter. I, I put it up on the website there so everybody can look at it on, on my website right now about the show. And, and it's very clear that she wrote it in that gobbledygook speak that the VA's VR&E likes to read. And they... Of course, they never saw it. I produced it for the judge. I like to carry that. I've taught everybody to do this. You always keep a nexus in your pocket, ready to be used. Now, I had my nexus as late as August in 2014, but I didn't send it in to the, uh, these local yokels here in Seattle because they'd already dug their heels in the dirt. I knew they weren't going to go for it. So you save that. And then you take it to your BVA hearing with the veterans law judge and you present it to him. So now what we have is a is an impasse. It's the three point one oh two benefit of the doubt. VA has said you don't need a greenhouse and for this, 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 and this and this reasons. And here Mr. Graham has produced an IMO that's a, from a legitimate gal who's got plenty of years in the cockpit. She says Mr. Graham would benefit from that greenhouse like you wouldn't believe I, that's just, he'd be all over that like peas on carrots and it really helped his self esteem and make him more independent in his community and the judge could all, all he could do is really look at it and from a medical standpoint too and say well you know the VA says no and this gal says yes so he gets the benefit of the doubt thank you very much there's your greenhouse that's part of it 
That's one reason why you like to have an extra nexus letter, IMO, whatever you want to call it. But it's just it's just ammunition. It's just like when we're in war, you, you don't wait till you're down to your last ten bullets and start looking around for the ammo can. <laughs> you, you got you you know exactly how many bullets you got on you at any given time in a combat situation. I guarantee you, or you've never been in combat. One of the two. <laughs> but uh, uh, fighting this ILP thing, it's, it's you feel like you got one hand tied behind your back because you're trying to argue that it's good for you, and it probably would be. There's no doubt about it. Beats the hell out of Drew Carey and, and watching the, the Price is Right on TV. You want to get out and be doing something, whether it's looking for lost rings and money on the beach or growing stuff in a greenhouse so you can give it away to poor people. It gives you a meaning in life. But try to convince that VA vocational rehabilitation counselor, you're never going to do it. It's just like you don't have any evidence for other than your lay testimony, and that's not good enough in this business. Everybody has to win with the Nexus letter. Just for different different projects require a different style. Obviously, you don't have to tie anything to your prior service as to why you need the greenhouse. You just need to show up with a lot of disability and and uh and a need and and a demonstrated need uh, how you're going to get yourself out of it how you're going to use your time more wisely and become more independent and use all those fancy words like self-actualization and it, it, it's, it's a game but you can learn how to do it by reading the regulations all you do is you read their regulations and you read what you want to read into them and unless they mean something entirely different, then you can argue that to a judge. And there's really not much the VA can say about it when you start quoting their own regulations right back to them. Now, i got an important thing I would like to share with you. is One of the last things this VRC, Veteran Vocational Rehabilitation Counselor, said when he was leaving uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon was, uh, as well, <clears throat> your decision right at the very bottom says that this uh, decision only applies to you, you as one single veteran, and never would apply to anyone else. I said, yeah, that's true. It doesn't set precedence. It's not something like a panel decision at the Court of Veterans' Appeals. But what it is is it's a clear demonstration, and you can take the funds allotted for ILP and apply them to purchasing a greenhouse for a veteran. That's what it does say. And for years, you guys have been fighting over anything, be it a tractor, a riding lawnmower, a, a metal detector, a snowblower attachment for your your tractor you got, uh, or a bucket or a backhoe attachment so you could dig ditches on your property, whatever it happens to be. Y'all been denying guys for all these things all these years now my winning a greenhouse and the, and the actual cost of this greenhouse which is just staggering because of a prevailing wage proposition and the size of it, it, it it's a it's a demonstration that the money that you're spending on it is being spent legally that means other veterans can do what i did all they need to do is to create the perfect circumstances and I already described what the circumstances are, and that's the nexus letter. Identify your problem, 
focus on how you're going to get there with your subset of deficits. Have a vocational counselor type it all up and say, yep, you got a really bad grip in your left hand and you you got to walk with a walker or a cane, you're dizzy, you've got anemia, you got this, that, and the other thing twice. But you're capable of going out and working in a greenhouse as long as you got a rubber mat on the floor. Because if you fall down, you don't want to get a concussion. But, you know, it's just kind of like a padded room for an insane person. You don't want them to hurt themselves while they're having fun. <laughs> well, well, my it, attitude it, about uh, this is shape your argument, get your nexus, build your claim, use their regulations, and then just sit back because you're never going to win it at a local level, ever. You might get a computer out of them at a local level. I got mine uh, locally because after a, an administrative review back to Washington, D.C., but it wasn't a full-blown appeal. It was just that preliminary appeal that saves you having to go wait three or four years for a BVA judge to finally get your case. What'd well, you this, this kind of emphasizes the importance of a nexus letter. Not only one, but like you say, it don't hurt to have an extra one in your pocket. Uh, you yeah, need several, like, I think. Yeah. Yeah, extra <coughs> ammo. When uh, uh, I had a guy down in Texas, uh, Bill, when he first started contact with me and, and he started building this thing, he was going to go for a jet gun claim. Uh, he got uh, hepatitis C from uh, one of those air injection guns at basic or afterwards. Uh, his genotype proved it. He did his homework and. He and I talked extensively, and he went out and got himself three Nexus letters. Count them, one, two, three. And he, he slammed them all in there at one time, and they denied, and they said it was because of, uh, that he got the clap, uh, VD, whatever it was, some kind of STDs. And uh, that was where he got it from, and it was willful misconduct, and you lose, and you're never going to get any money from us. Well, it's we all know that getting VD is, is not the smartest thing in the world, but at least it's not against the law from a UCMJ standpoint, or there'd be a lot of guys at Fort Leavenworth with, that got the clap. But So he, he went back and he says, well, this is clear and unmistakable error. And they got stuck with it. They, they said, well, yeah, you're right. So we've admitted you got hepatitis C from the clap, so here's your 100% disability. But he had three nexus letters, and they dodged all three of them. And this is the importance of why I say always, you know, keep a couple aces up your sleeve with these turkeys. You don't ever put all your cards on the table with them. It's a game. You you, you bet, you raise, you see the raise, and you raise again. And you keep raising with nexuses, and most importantly, keep that one for the Court of Veterans, or not the Court of Veterans Appeals, the Board of Veterans Appeals, rather, you keep one for up there, and I guarantee you, you always win if you pull one out up there. It, unless you're claiming alien abduction and that's how you got HIV, you can almost guarantee a good nexus letter will carry the day at the Board of Veterans' Appeals. I, I, it's, I mean, it, I've never seen one where it didn't. Um, I have seen a couple by some of the big-name guys that people buy for six, $7,000 to get a nexus letter and I'm not going to mention any names, but I, I do see it. 
and I see some of those being rejected, which is, it's kind of unfair. It's disconcerting, mostly. A nexus letter, if it's signed by a medical doctor, should be accepted. I, I do know that they're getting a little bit more strict on it, but most guys don't go that route. Most go with their own personal physician, the, the treating physician they've known for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. And those guys have a really good idea of what your history is. Some of them all the way back to, you know, when you came home from Vietnam, if you're a small-town guy. But the Nexus letter, like you say, Gerald, you're not going to get anywhere without one. It's, 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 the veteran is never trusted. It's almost like you have to go get somebody who's, who's got an MD or a PhD or a DR in front of his name or, or, or else he works for VA or something, and he'll vouch for you. They never, they're just never going to trust you on your own word, whether it's for a greenhouse or what. And uh, it's unfortunate. But stamina, you don't give in. I don't care what. Don't listen to them. Ignore them. Never give up. Always meet all your deadlines with plenty of time to spare. And when they say that you didn't perform or you didn't file your notice of disagreement, you didn't do it on e-bennies, and then they'll go back there and discover they erased it or it never went through. You don't file it electronically. You file it the good old snail mail way, and you know it got there because there's a physical signature on file that the VA can never, ever overcome. There's, I've read a really nice Court of Veterans' Appeals uh, decision where a guy sent something in. It came in on the fax machine. VA claims they never got it. The guy who has it said, here's my receipt that shows that you got it. It's a confirmation thing that comes back on a fax machine. So signal received, positive transmission, roger that at 1153 a.m. on 21 June. And the says, no, that's that the machine sent that. We didn't. So we're not, we're not going to say that the presumption of regularity has been overcome. We say that you faxed it and we didn't get it, and therefore we didn't get it, so you didn't send it. And I can't remember whether he won or lost. I think he won. But the point is, with a green card, you don't lose. Nobody can say that's a forgery at the VA mailroom. You can look the guy's name up. You can't hide from a green card. And they did that to me twice. They said, you didn't file your notice of disagreement, and therefore we're closing out the claim in 2012. And then they said, you didn't send in your VA-9 in time in 2014, and therefore the claim is dead. And both times I whipped out the green card, and they went, oh, 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 okay, well, okay, your claim's back on track again. Not a we're sorry, not gee, how did we ever make that error they just quietly said, oh, oh, okay, you got a green card. Well, never mind. We can't argue with that. That's who you're dealing with. Those are the kind of people that you are going to be bargaining with in good faith. And so when this guy shows up at my house last Tuesday or a couple of days ago, I lay, I didn't lay into him. I just told him how it was going to be, and, I, and I, I didn't just get off the Mayflower last night. I said, yeah, we're, we're talking about two years of propane. Yep, yep, and you're paying the electricity bill. Yep, yep, and, and you're going to get all.
all the chemicals and all the fertilizers and all the stuff and all the tanks and the computers and the, and the plumber and, and the electrician to hook it all up. And he goes, plumber? What do we need a plumber for? That's where you got to hook up the propane heater and and then you got to hook up all the all this plumbing for this for this hydroponic tables and all that. That's a lot of plumbing. We're running cold water in here. You've got to have a sink or something somewhere to wash up with. Why, holy mackerel, what do you mean? What do we need a plumber for? <laughs> he started writing stuff down left and right. And Debbie made some cookies, so we're, we're sitting there eating oatmeal coconut cookies. He's, oh, I love these. These are my favorite. I said, oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I'll take some home with you. And anyway, we kept on talking, and I says, you know, actually, I start bringing those over to the VARO with me when I start coming over after I get my agent status, these blue cookie crumbs all over the table. I says, yeah, okay, says, yeah, what'd you just say? I said, well, I'm getting my VA agent status, so I'll probably be over there for a few hearings at the regional office in Seattle. You're on the 11th floor, aren't you, if I remember correctly? He says, yeah, yeah, I'm on the 11th floor. I said, yeah, that's where the hearing rooms are. I might drop in and say hi when I'm over there and leave you some cookies. And he's he's just looking down at the table, shaking his head, Gerald. This just ain't no good for these boys. And they thought they were almost done with me now telling them I'm going to be a VA agent. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. So, I reckon. I'll bring you, I heard they, I'll bring you, I heard they put it for a transfer. <laughs> Well, apparently, we had a good long talk about how the VA seems to be screwing up, and and he says, yeah, but fortunately, that's all over there on the VAMC, uh, the Veterans Health Administration side, with all the scheduling nightmares and stuff like that. And I says, well, I don't know. You guys managed to hamburger my claim for five years, and I won, so I must be right, and you guys must be wrong. He says, well, I don't set policy, Alex. I'm only good for $2,000. That's all I can sign off on on my signature. Grab bar installation for $2,000 or cordless phones or a a Kindle, something like that. And I said, I see what you mean. And he says, now, Dave Boyd, my my boss here in Seattle, he can sign off on everything up to $79,999. So I said, yeah, okay, $80,000. He says, yeah, after that. It requires three signatures, and that require the, the director of the Veterans Administration there in Seattle, the director of the office, as well as the Veterans Service Center manager, So, and Dave's signature, and I think they they can do that. He says, if it goes over that $80,000, that, that pretty much has to go back to Washington, D.C., uh, and then, you know, they got that limit on it at 180000 I says, yeah, I know, and he says... And you realize that your your greenhouse is <laughs> way over eighty thousand. <000. laughs> I said, "Yeah, well, I I see that." And he says, uh, "The fact of the matter is, is, there's there's more eyes on this than there's eyes in a potato patch. It's it's that bad." He says, "I mean, I'm going to go home or go back to Seattle when I leave here, and I'm going to hand this guy my notes, Dave Boyd, my boss." 
and he's going to pick up the phone and be calling back to Washington, D.C., and there's going to be a whole bunch of people sitting around a table waiting to hear before 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Eastern Daylight Time what what happened at your hacienda this morning at 11 a.m. And there'll be my pictures from my camera will be there, and they'll be looking at them, too. Yeah, he took pictures of the whole old garden and said, all this is going to be greenhouse, huh? I says, yep. 24 by 48. Took the tape measure out and gave him a good idea of what 24 by 48 looks like. And he was kind of dumbfounded, I guess, to say the least. But it's really not that much. It's only 1,152 square feet. That's not very much. I mean, I've built houses that are smaller than that, but from a greenhouse standpoint, I don't think it's very much. Bruce back there in Georgia, well, he got the 30 by 60, but he was, <laughs> that was in 2007. I think the same thing now would probably be about 250,000. I don't know. The ILP uh. is one of the most intriguing programs. I think when I first started doing these claims things, when I woke up to the idea that there was special monthly compensation and that the Raider had lied to me about it in 2007, told me that there wasn't anything after 100. I should have known better. And, and the ILP program is, is right up that same alley. It's a, a valuable asset. They keep putting more barbed wire around it, but they haven't changed the underlying regulation, which is the most important facet of ILP, is that Congress said something in 1980, and they've never, ever said anything to the contrary for the most part since. So ILP still exists. Then, Yes, it does. Uh, 21, uh, 38 U.S.C. 21160, 162, and there's some other little ones down there, uh, 20, 21.34 and 44, somewhere in there, 35 and 44, uh, they all you guys, we, we we got another call, oh, Drew. Yeah, I see that. A uh, <laughs> uh, caller, yeah, you have a question or a comment for Alex? Uh, area code two one zero. I'm sorry. Uh, I I'm just listening in right now. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, trying to get a feel of this. Uh, uh, I just uh, uh, I'm interested in this in this ILP uh, uh, well, program and. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll let Alex get back on it. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm just uh, very very impressed with the with the with the progress that has been made on this ILP uh, program and. Uh, uh, I'm just listening in to see what it is that I can learn to maybe uh use it to uh uh to benefit me in some kind of way uh later on and uh, after I get my case resolved. Well, uh you know, Ash not there, he knows uh, uh the workings of it, so uh thanks for tuning in anyway. Well thank you very much. Alex, uh, go ahead. Uh, we, 
I got a, you have another student. <laughs> well, and that's good because I mean it's there. If you want to take it, it's there. It's just that you have to be prepared for a fight, and you better come to the fight with the right size hand grenades and th- make sure there's nothing in your holster that doesn't start with anything bigger than a four. <laughs> <laughs> That's who you're dealing with. But um, it, as that gentleman pointed out, and it's very, very true and very important, is that VA, when when you first apply for ILP, they're going to send a guy out to your house and with a tape measure, and he's going to have a, one of them little wristomatic things where you squeeze on something and it shows you how much grip strength you have. And then there's another thing where you push up against something and it shows a reading on that. So you get an idea of what your upper body strength is. <clears throat> and then the guy will say, well, you, what, what's your problem there? And you say, well, I got diabetes and I've got peripheral neuropathy in my uh, my left or my right arm and it, it's a decreased mobility, decreased strength. And the guy goes, oh, well, you, you probably need a can opener. And the guy goes, uh, what? And he goes, okay, I'll put you down for an electric can opener so you don't have to do that by hand. Well, I go, uh, yeah, good, yeah, electric can opener. Yeah, that'll make your life easier. Hey, I see you having a hard time bending over there. Oh, yeah, I can't bend over. He says, well, we'll give you some uh, sock puller-uppers, a little tool. You hook your socks onto this little thing, and then you lower it down there, and you stick your toe in, and you pull it back up, and it pulls your socks up for you. So we'll give you a set of them sock puller-uppers and then see what else you need. Oh, you need a grab bar there near that toilet. I bet you're a little stiff after you get up from pinching a loaf. Yep, we'll give you a grab bar there. Well, while we're at it, we'll throw one in there and uh, right next to the bathtub so you don't slip and fall when you get out of the tub. And walk around here and see what else we need here. Yeah, well, I bet you, you said you're hard of hearing, huh? Well, why don't we buy you a set of headphones with a real long cord and you can plug into the side of your TV here and you can hear better. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, what about reaching them cans up on the top shelf? Well, here's a can grabber. We're going to give you a can grabber, too, because we really like you. I think can open thing, you know, the reaching, too. $39.95 dollar, dollar store stuff. And the guy says, well, I guess you've been rehabilitated, sir. Congratulations. That's your ILP. It came to a grand total of $103.16. And, you know, the, them grab bars are self-adhesive. You just pull off that thing and stick them on there, sir. Oh, my. I guess we think the ILP's independent living program. They think it's a long process. <laughs> and they get a bonus of $2,000 a year. For, you know, yeah, how much money did you save us this year? You get 10% 000. of it. See, I, I just figured out how it worked. I, 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 it took me 20 years to figure out how to win a claim. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, well, God, these guys really don't have much of a game plan on anything they do. They deny, 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 and then finally they give it to you. And then they give you a little ball, and then they give you a little bit more, and then they give you a little bit more. Well, they gave me, after a fight, they gave me that computer back in 2012. And that's when I knew that I was sniffing around that greenhouse. That's right when I knew <clears throat> by reading why they gave me the greenhouse. It read like a nexus letter. Well, he has a following on his 
website, and, and uh, he helps veterans do this, and he's an outreach and, you know, a veterans advocate. So, yeah, maybe uh, he could benefit from this because he's housebound, and in, in the community of veterans, he's going to meet a lot of people, and he's going to get out there and get out, be part of the community. And I thought yeah. to myself, that's, that's all this greenhouse is about. I just got to write it up right. I, I construct it just like a claim. I got to present some good evidence. And in, a, in an ILP claim, good evidence is the evidence from the occupational therapist. Now, I told you guys I paid $137.55 for that. I paid my $10 as, as the entrance fee to get in the front door. Medicare paid the rest. So I didn't have to go spend $6,000 for that Nexus letter. <laughs> hey, that's a good point there. You're talking about housebound. You know, and you know that we've had shows before about the actual requirements for the S&C level S. Uh, don't get confused, folks. Make sure that you understand your housebound. If you if you're housebound and you're trying for the independent living program, and if you're receiving housebound, it's probably due to a rating schedule, a percentage versus being physically housebound. And if you're in that situation, don't let them use housebound as a crutch to you, because you know you might have some interest outside of the home in order to get out and do stuff. So don't let them use that as a crutch and try to hold you back on your independent living, you know, on, on the issues. Because well, let me they'll, point they'll try out. Oh, they will. Why, you better. I, they'll turn stuff around that you say and do faster and you can make your head spin. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me, twice in the history of the independent living program, uh, people have, uh, VA got too constrictive too restrictive, if you will, on how they interpret it. Again, without any change in the regulations, just arbitrarily started denying guys for a tractor or whatever, snowblower. And finally, some old boy went in there and he says, well, I, you know, I want this. And, yeah, sure, it's for avocational usage. But VA is saying it's strictly for vocational. That's what it says, voc rehab and education. doesn't say anything about avocational rehab. And so, therefore, there is none. And that's kind of the position these folks over here in Seattle took substantially. But what the guy wanted was a computer and all the peripherals so they could communicate with his fellow brothers that he served with in Vietnam. And uh, he wasn't particularly computer literate, but that, that's irrelevant. He wanted training to get him onto the Internet and, uh, and uh, emails and all that. And, and reconnect with his friends that he served with in war. VA said, no, that's purely avocational, and you can't do that. Now, you have to know, they, they call these things VA Office of General Counsel Precedents, and that is that the VA itself, instead of the Court of Veterans' Appeals, decides something for everybody so that it applies to everybody, regardless of what the law says. <clears throat> In 1997, they held in VA precedent number 34. It's called 34-97. It said that avocational application is perfectly legal. If you have a hobby and you want a, a woodworking hobby and you want a woodworking shop and you apply for ILP, <coughs> ask them for a table saw, a planer, and a, and a cross saw, and a, and a sander and some other stuff, if, if 
the man qualifies for it, uh, then he, he should be granted that, not just because it's avocational. Nothing in the regulation says that avocational is a bozo no-no. And that held, and, and it's great for other veterans who want a computer. Let's say you're 160%, 100 plus another 60 on top, or TDIU plus 60, so you're getting your SMCS. Hey, you're housebound. You put in for an ILP program, and they say, well, you're never going to get a job, dude. Yeah, I kind of know that. He says, well, but we could give you, you, you tell them, yeah, but you could give me ILP, and that's when they give you the deer in the thousand yards headlight. Like, what's ILP? Guys that work for the VRE don't know what ILP is. So you, tell, you explain it to them, and you get it all done, and you get on the track, and you apply for the computer, and, of course, you know you're going to get instant denial, and all you do is pull this precedent out and say, well, look, dude, it says right here, you got to give me the computer. I'm housebound. I, I, it's, I need more independence in my everyday living. You can get that without even having that nexus letter. I, I kind of used my blog as my nexus for needing it, but, again, if you lose, you can always go back to an occupational therapist and say, man, a computer would really be my cup of tea so that I can get a hold of all the guys in the 137 or 173rd Airborne uh, I served with in Vietnam and uh, reconnect with all of them. And, and, and that psychiatrist gal, she goes, oh, yeah, that would be really good. Oh, that's special, very special. Yeah, you need a computer, sir. And bingo, you got your computer. A, a greenhouse, it, it's, you know, if anybody remembers uh, the second Star Wars, I think the Empire Strikes Back or whatever, Luke Skywalker is trying to lift his X-Wing fighter out of the swamp, and he can't get it up and out of there in the airborne, and he drops it, and Yoda walks over, and he says, man, don't look at the size of the stupid thing. It, whether it's a pebble or a X-Wing fighter, it's the principle of the matter. And, and that's the way I look at it. It doesn't make any difference whether you're asking for a computer or a greenhouse. There's a repair order on how to get it, and it's a nexus letter. There's a, a precedent, some legal precedent, that maybe applies to that. And you search and diligently search, and you find these things. Now, the, the second VA precedent actually was two things. It was a double-edged sword. It said... If you want something, then it has to be necessary and vital. But that's never gone to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. That is what we call a policy decision. Nobody changed 21.160 or 162 that apply to uh, ILP, and nobody changed 38 U.S.C. 3120. VA, of its own accord, just decided to reinterpret how it looked at ILP in 2001. And what they decided is that if you need something, it has to be necessary and vital to your life. Now, if you look Merriam-Webster Dictionary and you start looking at necessary and vital, I mean, it, <laughs> that's a pretty intense requirement. It's like, I've got to have a pacemaker or I'm going to die. Okay, that's necessary and vital. Yeah, I need a greenhouse. Nah, that's not necessary and vital. So you gotta, you got to prove it's necessary and vital. So that's a new hump you got to get over. But again, if you get denied at the Board of Veterans' Appeals, you can go to the Court of or excuse me, if you get denied at the Board, you can take this up to the Court of Veterans' Appeals, and I will guarantee you, I'll give you 100 bucks if I'm wrong, 
if you had a nexus letter that said he needs a greenhouse and, and we're denying it and, and because, you know, this, this, and this, and this, they're not going to let that go to the Court of Veterans' Appeals because it's a precedential, brand-new matter of first impression. And the court will form a panel, and they'll gut the VA on the, on the ILP program, gut it wide open, and everybody will have snowblowers and, and woodworking shops and greenhouses by 2025. So VA was stuck with something, and when I went to the NOVA convention uh, conferences down in Las Vegas back on March uh, 8th through 10th, I'm not going to tell you who I ran into from Washington, D.C., but suffice it to say that <laughs> knows what he's talking about because he works at 810 Vermont Avenue, Northwest in D.C., area code 20420. And uh, <clears throat> he said that VA had instructed them to give me the greenhouse post-haste, uh, told the VL, the veterans law judge, to grant the greenhouse because he didn't want it to go to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. So my contention to any of you listening to me is that if you have the chutzpah and you got a buck thirty-seven fifty-five in your pocket and you got an occupational therapist that will listen to your woes and write the right kind of nexus letter, if you get to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, I don't care what it is. You could be asking for a photo studio. That's what the guy was asking for in 6-2001. He needed to be outside. He wanted the sun coming into the addition on the side of his house to make it feel like he was outside, even though he couldn't go outside because he had aplastic anemia and some kind of leukemia. The long and short of it is he wanted an addition put on the side of his house. It was a big argument about whether they were going to use PISA funds or ILP funds or specially adapted housing funds, and they opted to use ILP, saying that he had a right to be independent in his everyday living and have access to the outside, even if it was only a sunroom kind of addition to the side of his house. So to me, that was the foot in the door to say, well, I want a greenhouse because I need to have access to the outside and the subset of my disabilities the porphyria from Agent Orange and the cryoglobulinemia from the hepatitis, combined now those two automatically entitles me to a greenhouse. How big is a matter for conjecture. Depends on how much you piss me off, pretty much, huh? <laughs> they piss well, me off. That's, how long, how many years do, uh, do you have in this greenhouse, Alex? I know you've been uh, on it for quite a while, was not you? May 21st, 2011, I filed for a greenhouse uh, uh, and a computer. I could do Ask Nod, and then uh, also with a, well, I asked for a sewing machine. The guy says, well, what do you want the sewing machine for? I says, well, I always wanted to learn sewing. He says, what are you going (laughs) to do? Where are we going with this? I said, well, I don't know. I just thought I'd ask, you know, just throwing that out there. And the guy goes, so you really don't want a sewing machine? I said, no, that's kind of a throwaway, but I do want the greenhouse and the computer. (laughs) (laughs) So if if I don't ask for the sewing machine, does that mean I get the computer and the greenhouse? Yeah, there you go. Well, it doesn't work that way, apparently. Anyway, I did get it. They denied me on the computer and, and deferred the thing on the greenhouse. 
in November of 2011, and I asked for an administrative review. They sent it back to Washington, D.C., and in February of 2013, he came back and he says, "We granted they granted your greenhouse. So I'm going to send a guy out there, and he's going to see what you got, where you got, what you do, how you do it, what you need, and so on, so on, so on. So they sent the guy out there, and he was a, his name was Jim Moss, a real nice guy, old guy about my age. He's a vocational rehabilitationist. Man, he loaded up my computer with some really fancy uh, software like Adobe 9 Pro, Acrobat, uh, Dragon Speaking Naturally, a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's really good stuff, a good Microsoft Windows program and uh, Microsoft Video uh, I can't remember what that program is, but you can modify photographs, crop them, size them, draw on them, put lettering on them, make posters, do all kinds of things with the programs. Very valuable. And a, and a whole bunch of other ones that I can't even describe, like, uh, you know, the, what do they call that, GoToMeeting or something. It gave me the cameras and put in Skype. Did a lot and lots and lots and lots. But they get a bargain price on all this stuff from uh, by buying it at truckload prices across the country. So they got me the top-of-the-line Dell, and don't laugh, it's a damn nice computer, uh, keyboard, printer, and 16 gigabytes of hard drive and, and extra capabilities on it. I've never ever even, I don't think I've even used up a quarter of the memory on this computer yet. Uh. I've got... 2012. I won't switch. I love that Microsoft or the Windows 7. I'd never go to the 8 or 10 or, or upgrade. I like it too much. I had the 10, and I kind of regret it now. I wish I'd stayed with Windows 7. Well, I I know a guy who did that, and I, taught, I turned him on to my best friend who's a Microsoft technician. He took his computer down there, they ripped the 10 out, and put 7 back in again. <laughs> Yeah, they can do it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that just all of a sudden they discovered a lot of their programs won't run with 10. And that's That's why I worry about that Adobe Acrobat 9. It's like an $850 PDF program. And you put 10 in there, and it's about as useless as bricks and and bats. You can't do anything with it. It won't interface with it. Oh, it's too bad. ILP is it's the stepchild of the VRNE. They they have a <clears throat> they they have a, a set pool of assets. Two thousand seven hundred vets qualify for ILP every year. VA can't even manage to round up twenty four hundred a year. You'd think that God Almighty people would be fighting each other at the front gate to get in. If nobody knows about it. You can't do anything with it, and, no, and the VSOs don't know anything about it. They're, they draw a blank when you talk about it. <clears throat> VA employees, VR&E employees that I've talked to are unaware of it. Um, the Veterans Law Judge, when we got to the travel board hearing there in Seattle back in April of last year, he says, well, it seems like we have two contentions on here. Uh, one's for the porphyria for 100%. But he says, what's this other thing about a greenhouse? Do I have the authority to give you a greenhouse? And Bob Walsh says, you certainly do, sir. And he goes, awesome. Let's get started. 
<laughs> kind of set the tone for it right off the bat. <laughs> if when a veterans law judge doesn't even know about the independent living program, then I'd say that they've done a pretty good job of digging a hole and burying the thing in the back room. That's just my opinion. But I don't know why they don't. Uh, why more people don't know about it. Once you find out about it, and once you drag it out of the closet and get a flashlight on it or get it out in the light of day, VA kind of sticks their hands in their pockets and looks down and talks and mumbles and says, well, yeah, sure, we got an ILP. Yeah, sure, we never said we didn't have it. Well, we, give it. We, no, we never said we didn't have an ILP. What do you mean? Of course we got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have it right here. But they don't volunteer it. And you know as well as I do, well, I guess you don't, because when I went down to that business down there in Las Vegas with Nova, I went to a big, long school for about an hour on this. So the VA, at any time you have a hearing or you're sitting there talking with a Veterans Administration employee, a raider, a DRO, whatever it may be, a person in authority, it, they are obligated by law to tell you what you need to succeed. They're required by law to say what it is that would help them grant you what you want, be it ILP, be it uh, a higher rating for diabetes mellitus. Uh, It doesn't make any difference what it is. It's incorporated and it's hidden. Not hidden at all. 3.103, right after benefit of the doubt. I think it's down there around 3.103 C or D. I'm not sure. I think it's C. And it says and basically. I'm, and I'm sure the, uh, the most uh, desirable thing that they're going to need to see will be an IMO or IME. And they should say that. They should tell you right off the bat. It says, well, yeah, you came to the table with no poker chips, sonny. But this is a paying game. Show us some paper, you know. Show us some skin. Put some skin in the game. Go get an IME or what do you call it, IMO. Yeah, you're going to need a nexus letter because you don't have one. That's why you can't win until you get one. And they they cannot not tell you that. They are by, obligated by law to tell you that. So when you sit down and you talk with a, a VR&E guy, and you got to remember, VR&E guys, these guys are like, from the Stone Ages, these guys don't understand the legality of 3.103. They're psychiatrists and psychologists. They, they're in the fuzzy world of, of semantics, whether he self-actuates or not. This, it's not that at all. All of a sudden now in VA land, it's law. And if you don't obey the law, then you're in trouble. And these guys don't obey the law. They don't even know what the law is. They're not aware that when they sit down and talk with you and, and, and you're saying, well, I want a sewing machine, the guy goes, well, you know, I have to demonstrate a need for a sewing machine. Did you, were you ever a seamstress in the military? Is that what you did? Or, you know, what's your affinity for this? And, and you have to whip out the IMO and say, here you go. But it's his job to tell you that you need an IMO. You need a... Uh, technology assessment review from a vocational rehabilitation expert. And by law, he's supposed to say, and I'm going to give you one, but what I'm going to say is that, no, sir, you don't get a a greenhouse or a 
or a sewing machine or a computer because I'm paid to, not, to deny it. You won't ever admit that, but that's what they are. That's why when you go in and you don't have a nexus, they provide you with one. But they're all bad. None of them help you none. So I, I can't. I, I can't kind of impress anymore that, that there's nothing to ILP. It, it just pretend that it's a computer, pretend it's an X-wing fighter or a greenhouse or whatever you want. The technique is just the same for uh, asking for a can grabber as it is for a greenhouse. It, it's. I know it seems impossible to grasp, but. You can you can get whatever you want as long as you can prove a subset of disabilities and have someone be your speaker for you and say yes and he would benefit from this and I I know because I'm a psychiatrist a psychologist and I do this for a living and that's that's the long and the short of it to me. So I, the IMO and the Nexus letter. Uh, it's critical. Without that, uh, you might as well be talking in a tin can. Well, exactly right. I discovered that uh, about halfway through the program. I realized it didn't make any difference what I said. I wasn't getting anywhere. I say, no, I don't have three greenhouses, and then they turn the conversation around. Says, okay, well, you got one greenhouse, but you know, you, you seem to be doing everything that you need to be doing with what you have, so you don't need any more. Another greenhouse wouldn't help you any. I'm going, that's not the argument. I want a heated one. And they, heated greenhouse. They just kept saying, you have plenty of greenhouses. What's your problem? If I'm you, surprised them just didn't pull their hair out. <laughs> I have the thrust of... On their words and their terms, you'll never, ever, ever address the, the claim. You'll just be listening to them talk about version. And usually you don't get to straighten this mess out until you get up to the board or the Court of Veterans' Appeals, or finally somebody says, the man's talking about a heated greenhouse. I, I can't not, believe it. House, not one house, not six greenhouses. We're talking about one heated greenhouse. Yeah, he goes, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We kind of stepped on our necktie there, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, and we wanted the size of the Trump Towers. <laughs> well, uh, well at know. least, you know, it, it, maybe it'll filter down through the line and they'll get a little more liberal. Uh, uh, down at the regional office, but it don't seem like I ever learned Well, that. they caved in and gave that old boy the sling to get him into the pool, but I pointed Susan to that. Her name Susan Stinnett. Yeah. <clears throat> I pointed her towards it. Uh, they just live right up the road from me, about 30 miles away. And I, I just explained exactly which form she needed, how to do it, where to file it, who to call, what his telephone number was. And I think it kind of took him by surprise that she was so prepared and had all the regulations and the numbers and the whatnot all dialed in that he couldn't very well say, well, where, wait a minute, where did you hear about the ILP? Who, who spilled the beans? <laughs> yeah. Went in there, I mean, like 
A, B, C, D, and put the sling here and be quick about it, and then the door will be open and we'll have the room for the the concrete truck on next Tuesday. And she got it. Now, I, I know that for a fact, with the way things are now, Davis Bacon prevailing wages and all that, that I imagine that they probably spent $15,000 putting that sling in there next to the pool. They have no. to have all that GFI electricity to it so that you don't electrocute the guy operating it. Yeah. Well, that's good he got it. He deserved it. Yeah, I did. But anybody, and I don't draw a line between somebody who serves in peacetime or somebody who serves in combat or anything. Hey, we all signed up at one time or another. It might have been during peacetime. It might have been during a war. It doesn't make any difference. But the only difference between the two is that you could sign up in peacetime and discover that you're, you signed up for a war about 45 days after you got in that you didn't know was coming. That's kind of how December 7th, 1941, there's all, all of a sudden there's a bunch of guys that signed up for a peacetime hitch, and all of a sudden they're in combat. So yeah. it, it, it's important to, to consider that when you serve your country, you get injured, and you get injured severely, and you can't go to work anymore, and all of a sudden you, your world shrinks down. You can't go out and play golf, maybe. You uh, can't get in the boat and go fishing. You, you know, then there's guys with PTSD. Man, I can't leave the house because I get so you know winked out. I I I, I go crazy and I have to run home and I, I just can't do it. I can't face society yet. These guys would benefit from something that they could do at home. Maybe making the birdhouses in a woodworking shop or, or making plant starts in in a garden. Uh, there's a hundred different things you can do to entertain yourself that don't involve drugs and self-medicating and, and, and you know, hanging around in a bar and getting drunk. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of positive aspects to it that outweigh the negative aspects. <clears throat> and if Congress made the law, you're not stealing money from somebody else. God, they laid out $180,000 for every one of us. For 2,700 lucky individuals every year, and I think the ILP budget last year, a year before last, last time I remember seeing it, is you can you take twenty seven hundred and, and multiply it times one hundred eighty thousand. You know it gets out in there in the billions someplace. I think they had a hundred. They actually spent about one hundred twenty three million on ILP over all fifty states, Puerto Rico and, and Manila, and the whole deal. That's not so did much. those other funds get carried over, or they go back to the general fund? Well, that's exactly right, Gerald. I was just getting ready to bring that conversation around to it. <laughs> By the ninth month of the fiscal year, which is usually, I think, about uh, March or something like that, if those funds have not been devoted to ILP and designated for it, then they revert back into the general vocational fund for use in vocational programs for veterans that are coming home from separating from Afghanistan and Iraq. And that's what's happening more and more and more. They just don't award the stuff before March and say, oh, God, we almost made it, but the thing expired and the funds aren't available anymore. We'll try for it next year. That's all. We'll, we'll slide in next year. We'll try. We'll try, but, you know, no guarantees. There's only 2,700 slots. But they haven't filled 2,700 slots since <laughs> two, 
2001, I think, was the last year they got 2,700 slots. And, again, that could be for a cordless phone or a grab bar. That It's not for a greenhouse, necessarily. It's not for a riding lawnmower. I'm telling you, $123 million bought a guy down in, in uh, Orange County named, uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name now. He got a $187,000 elevator that goes from the garage to the first floor which is only up about three feet, and then it goes up to the second floor because there's just no way to get into his house. He's in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed from the neck down, and he's Majeed. That's his name, M-A-J-E-E-D. You go and look at the Court of Veterans' Appeals. He has been up the Court of Veterans' Appeals, more, I think, more years than I've been alive. He's got more cases up there, and he's won a bunch of them. And they haven't been necessarily for ILP. They've been for... Uh, home improvement, structural alterations, or specially adapted housing. Uh, he's in the, the vehicle thing where he's got the lift on the back of the van to get him into the back so his wife can drive him to his medical appointments, the vehicle ad- adaptation grant. <clears throat> the guy knows where every dime is at the VA, including ILP, and he's tipped, uh, tapped into every one of those funds for, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars again and again and again. He's had a few losses. He's had more wins. But, uh, again, it's not as though you're stealing from another veteran when you apply for this program because the VA is stealing from you and preventing you from having it by merely by not giving it to you, not advertising it. It almost ought to be something where if you get to, like I am, at 100 and 60, 40, 30, and a 10, that's 290. <clears throat> it ought to be that they contact you and say, Mr. Graham, you are you are messed up, Mr. Graham. You need some ILP. What can we do for you? There ought, that ought to be automatic. I mean, they can hunt you down when you've got 19 years and three months and take your TDIU away from you just when you think you're 20-year protected. So they know who you are and what you are. It's it's disgusting that they could treat us the way they do, uh, and and then have valuable programs like this that Congress fully well intended for us to take advantage of, and to hide it someplace, or just fail to advertise it, fail to even allow anybody to know it that it exists, even within your own company, or your own agency. They said. When I went to apply for it, the lady says, well, you don't, you don't qualify for a vocation. I said, I'm not here for that. I'm here for ILP. She looked me right in the face and she says, IL what? She worked there for 12 years. Her name was Colleen Graney, and she still doesn't. She didn't have a clue what it was. Called me back two days later, and she says, I found it. I found it. you got to get a hold of the director of VR&E. He's the only one that does it. So they keep that card pretty close to their chest. And you know, this, this, these programs, not only ILP, but the, I'm sure there's uh, other programs out there that uh, if veterans were aware of, we have so many veterans that are in a bad way, whether it's psychologically yeah. or physically, that could really get a benefit. Uh, not only for them personally, but for their families. It's help their families too, help 
we have so many veteran families, especially uh, veterans with disabilities. Uh, their family unit falls apart. Uh, not all families stay together. You know, if I had little projects, or not little, but projects like this, it help hold everything together. It's kind of the glue that holds uh, the. Well, it keeps a bar, if nothing else. If you got a real severe case of wanting to self-medicate or something like that, or you just well, yeah, that's true. Criminal affinity for alcohol and want to go hang around with a whole bunch of other people that are drinking and get into trouble. That's a quick yeah. way to do it. But <clears throat> by the same token, if you had a greenhouse or a woodworking shop or a photo studio kind of thing. Uh, or even like I said, that metal detector. There's a, you could get a rock polishing machine and go find really beautiful rocks and bring them home and polish them up and sell them at, at, at flea markets and stuff like that. Things of this nature. VA used to grant this stuff left and right. There never used to be any argument about it. And then all of a sudden, back about 1996, they says, "Well, you know, them." I'm riding lawnmowers. Well, that's a, that's a, a kind of like a mobility device, kind of like one of them little things of motorized wheelchairs. You could get on that thing and drive it down to the down to the grocery store to get beer. So we can't authorize that. That's that's a vehicle. That, that doesn't fall into ILP. You're not going to get one from us. That's how stupid they. That's how they think. That's, I mean, that's how they. That's the kind of. That's how far they'll go to deny things. And uh, the only way you can fight back is to appeal it all the way up. And they'll try like the dangest to make you just quit and give up over at VRE. They won't say, okay, well here's your VA nine. File that with us and let's go to appeal. They'll sit there and they'll say, you're just never going to get it. And I spent almost a year just getting the denial from them so I could file the notice of disagreement. I mean, that's, they just kept delaying, just putting me off and saying, well, we'll talk about this. Let me take this up to my boss and ask him. And then after a couple of months, they, you call him back up and says, well, he wasn't very receptive. I says, okay, then write the denial and send me the SOC. Oh, yeah, the SOC. Yeah, we got to write one of those, don't we? Huh? Yeah, I need an SOC. That's the only way I can follow my nine. Are you really going to appeal this, huh? Well, yeah, that's pretty much the next step, isn't it? Well, we don't really have a lot of people that appeal our decisions. Gerald, it's it's a procedure, just like going for an increase on hearing or, or diabetes. It, it's the same recipe. There's no difference. Don't confuse them. Don't think. It, they just don't have enough tricks in their bag. They got one game plan, deny, 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 delay, delay, delay. Eventually, they're going to have to give in and give it to you, and they know that, and you know that if you're smart enough at it, that you just you just keep keep plugging the thing back in. Fill out that VA-9, send it in. I knew for a fact that I was never going to get the greenhouse out of these turkeys here in Seattle, and I didn't even bother to go for an administrative review on it. I said, let's just go to appeal, and the guy says, well, you do have the option of administrative appeal or decision. And I said, nah, let's just go get it on the docket. I know it's a real black backlog out there at the BVA. And the guy goes, oh, well, okay, if that's what you want to do. And 
didn't hear from them for almost a year until I figured out that they never got my nod or they took it and trashed it, ran it through their shredder, whatever they did with it. And they didn't get it. And the moment I produced the green card, all of a sudden, okay, well, your your claim is back in the the end basket again. You're back on board again. You you have proved that the claim was appealed. And that's the way they treated that all the way up. They did not want that in Washington, D.C. And the moment it got to Washington, D.C., it was decided before it got to the Veterans Law Judge that they were going to give me the greenhouse to get me to shut up so I didn't go up to the Court of Veterans Appeals. So there's your recipe for success for every one of you guys listening. If you get that to the Board of Veterans Appeals, I guarantee you you won because they don't want that to go to appeal to the court. Now, Ben went to the – go ahead, John. Give us a list of what you think they would definitely turn down as far as Adams for independent ILP. What would they turn down? Yeah, right what, what now things, they're, what? they're turning down riding lawnmowers. They're turning down any anything like farm tractors. But again, mm-hmm. this is something they just decided out of the clear blue to start denying. What they're trying to do is they're trying to shovel everybody down to the prosthetics department and put them on one of those little rascal scooters like a wheelchair. But you can't mow a lawn with one of those. So I don't know why they conflate a a riding lawnmower with a a mobility device. (laughs) I think you're going to go down the mailbox on your riding lawnmower. I mean, it's, you know, it depends on what you, you know, what you, what are you into, what do you do, I and mean, what's your hobby. You know, for example, you, like, you know, any of the regulations they haven't changed 38 U.S.C. 3120. The only thing that's changed is VA's policy, and of course, their policy is becoming more and more and more restrictive. They want to give out, uh, you know, grab bars and, and, and can grabbers. And sock puller uppers. That's all they want to hand out anymore. You know, you know why don't you? Specially adapted housing grants, you know, like putting the wheelchair ramps in and widening doorways. That's all well and fine. And the vehicle automotive grants to accommodate a wheelchair uh, uh, thing to get in. That's called the bonus money saved. But the ILP, they don't want it. They don't. They, to them, it's just a black hole of stuff for vets, stuff that the vets don't need. And my greenhouse win, to me, shows categorically that ILP funds can be used for these projects. And if I can win it, anybody else can. It's just a matter of constructing it properly. Everybody knows it's like, I'm a builder. I think in joists and everything has to rest on something and bear on something else. A beam can't just be running out in space and sitting on top of a lone two-by-four. It's got to be doubled underneath it, things like that. It's got to be sitting on a real honest-to-God foundation. And as long as you build it correctly, it ain't going to fall down. And when you get up to the court or Board of Veterans' Appeals or the Court of Veterans' Appeals, if you built it correctly, you'll win. There won't be any argument. There won't be he said, she said. It'll all be cut and dried. And then about that time, you whip out that extra little nexus you got hiding in your back pocket, and you seal the deal. What? I'll raise and I'll call. I'll raise you one nexus and I'll call. <laughs> I think I want to get me a diamond cutter machine. I, I'd, 
it had to be one of the, you know, fancy ones because I shaked so bad I couldn't uh, sand them diamonds down by hand. So I'd well, take a machine to do it. And, they could uh, buy me the diamonds. Yeah. I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get in there. So, well, means I got the machine. I need something to cut with. I need some I need diamonds. A, I need a garage for my golf cart. Do you reckon they'll buy me a 42-foot toy hauler? Especially <laughs> yeah. adapted housing. If you, if you, yeah. if you can, it's necessary. Yeah. Now, listen, uh, Buck sent me an email right before the show, and it said, i got to answer this for him. He, he posited the question this way, and if you guys can read more into it than I can, then maybe you can help me. But he says, let's say in the case that a veteran was awarded 50 cent, 50% for PTSD back in 1998, but never received anything until 2001, and then it was just an award letter letting me know I was been awarded a 50% increase but they only dated it back to when I filed for the increase, which was about a year later. So I think that's, he's saying, 1999. So he's trying to think he's got an inferred, inferred claim back to 1998. If you're listening to they, me, Buck, this, this works. You get your money when you ask VA for it. They don't just kind of, like, have a magic eight ball and say, I think he wants some money. It's 1998. We'd better call him up and ask him if he wants to increase his PTSD. It doesn't work it's like that. Date, you gotta go. It's the date the increase arose, or the or, 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 or the date you file, whichever is later. Well, I do know. You know as well as I do, John, is that if you file for an increase, if you can show that what you qualified for that increase at any time in that one year, 365 days before when you mm -hmm. filed for the increase, that you're entitled to up to one year before the increase if you can prove that right. you're entitled. And I I think that he should know that even if he filed for it in 1999 and they admit that he had it in 1998. Yeah. Just look over 3.400 real closely. 1998. And uh, you'll see a... Yeah, you'll see all the little subparagraphs that kind of break it down. He needs to get his C file. I don't think he's done that yet. And I don't. Any man that yeah. doesn't have his own C file yet, he's a. You can't argue with VA. They'll just tell you whatever they want to tell you, really. Yeah, get your C file, Buck, and get busy with it. And if you need help, just give me shoot shoot me a message. Yeah, there's a bunch of us on here that'd be more than happy to help old Buck get whatever he can get out of VA. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, guess what? We have done ILP kaput. Fuck them, We're totally out of time. This was an excellent show, fellas. Yeah. Alex, we appreciate you coming on. I'll tell you what, you, you're a breath of fresh air in the show. Well, I'm honored to be asked, Gerald. I think that there's so much that we can do to help veterans, and I just wish I could do more. Uh, don't we all? If, um, you put if yeah. you put the same passion into the in, into your into your agent status when you get your agent agent credentials as you do in your website and these shows. Uh, the sky's the limit for you, buddy. You'll be you'll succeed. Well, you it'll know be why. rewarding. I think you you'll have a rewarding experience. Uh, I really do. 
The VA made the biggest mistake in the world in 1994 when they said, you were never in Vietnam. I said, oh, yes, I was. Oh, Lord. Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> and I could prove it. Well, anyway, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we want to thank you all for tuning in today. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the show and you got some benefit out of it. And remember, the members there that had it, uh, there's some a lot of experience, and there's a lot of BA hours uh, uh, stocked up there that uh, uh, take advantage of that if you plan on filing a claim or or applying for ILP or special housing or whatever, uh, you'll you'll certainly learn something. And this will be Gerald Cook with John Stacy along with Alex Graham. We'll be signing off for now. Talk at you all later. <clears throat> You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show.